Hello and welcome to Marketing Connected. In the lead up to the Digital Marketing Asia 2020 virtual conference in November, we will be chatting with our conference speakers on specific issues in the world of marketing, from digital transformation to customer experience and ad fraud, among others. Join us over the next few weeks as we unravel the ins and outs of digital marketing and hear from industry players on how you can jumpstart your journey. In this week's episode, our regional editor, Rizwana Manjur, speaks to Joan Cheong, the Director of Digital Wealth Management at Standard Chartered. Joan devotes herself to humanizing technology and designing solutions that make lives better. She has been with StandChart for two years and will be speaking at our upcoming Digital Marketing Asia conference on a panel on lessons learned post-crisis, balancing customer and management expectations on the digitization process. During the panel, Joan will expand on ways to create scalable projects to increase the digitization success rate of a company. Hi, Joan. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, for our audience members, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? For sure. For sure. Um, firstly, I, I would love to thank you for giving me this opportunity. I'm happy to be here with you and everyone else uh, that will be listening to us, essentially. Um, so I'm Joan. Uh, I'm now um, working in Standard Chartered as a digital product owner, um, specifically focusing on digital wealth experiences. So that's me in my uh, banking experience. Uh, essentially, pretty much all my career, I've been in digital, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> and um, fortunately, I've kind of joined the industry um, 10 years ago when kind of everything started to uh, get uplifted in a way. So um, I had experiences in uh, retail, in lifestyle, in multimedia and e-commerce. Um, and then also running uh, innovation programs and then in consulting where I helped different organizations, big and small, to uh, go through digital transformation. Um, so I've been very fortunate in kind of touching uh, different moments along the digital transformation journey for different people, uh, different organizations, and then specifically focusing more on, you know, ensuring the best experience for customers, for users, um, and how that would help the businesses uh, improve their KPIs and their performance, essentially. So you talked about running innovation programs, and you're also a big advocate of transformation. Now, to be honest with you, um, while we use the words such as innovation and transformation a lot, it can be still very scary. Break it down for us. What do these words mean to you? Yes, you're right. Actually, it, these are all big words and these are all, you know, could be trending words. People might see it from different angles. Some may embrace it. Um, some may be afraid of it. Um, but essentially, to me, it's all about a mindset. We, we all need to, um, to see, you know, innovation uh, more as a mindset. We all need to see technology more as an enabler. Mm. Um, we all need to see business transformation, digital transformation um, more from a human angle. And I always emphasize that because if we don't, then um, it becomes a hindrance, essentially. Uh, it does not take into account how technology can actually improve the lives of people, but more on how it actually scares everyone away. Or it doesn't actually, it actually maybe um, some may see it as, you know, investing huge amount of money, but actually not getting the benefits that I thought other people told me technology would. Um, so to me, it's about your mindset. It's not about how um, you as a person would address um, the changes that comes along the way, 
um, you as a person that will address, uh, let's say, challenges that comes along the way and how you transform these into the way you run your business, the way you um, organize um, your team or manage your team. So that, that's kind of how I always try to say that, you know, um, uh, you have to humanize technology and you have to see it from a very human angle. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely, you know, be happy to break it down and, see, and go through um, my experiences, you know, um, through uh, across time of like, you know, transforming customer experiences for different organizations and some of the things that you need to focus on specifically. Um, but I always say start from yourself and start from your mindset. As you mentioned, you've had a lot of experience across brands. Could you share with us what some of them are like and um, what allowed you to grow the most? Okay, funny you asked. So um, I, I have experience uh, in working in Singtel as the telco, um, which is more around uh, lifestyle and multimedia, like I mentioned. Um, I have also touched on uh, a lot of um, fintech, financial institutions, um, uh, FMCG when I was in consulting. But I think what was probably the most challenging um, was when I started my own um, startup in the travel industry because it's very different um, running uh, a program in an organization or running a project or trying to do digital marketing or digital products in an organization uh, where there's a lot of support and there's a lot of um, levers you can pull, a lot of resources that you can leverage on. And the most important thing, the existing customer base that is already there. Whereas um, compared to running your own startup, doing it from scratch and realizing that um, putting a plan to action, executing it and actually bringing people onto your platform to the true sense of digital marketing Mm. um, is is drastically different from when you have um, a customer base to tap on already. So to me, that would probably be the biggest challenge I've experienced so far. And that was really eye-opening because then it transformed the way I think and I approach how organizations run their businesses as well and do digital transformation. In your view, what does humanizing technology mean? What are the biggest misconceptions around it? I would say that, you know, when, when it comes to technology or when organizations try to go through this so-called, you know, digital transformation, there is always a big misconception that uh, the key to, let's say, you know, improving your business outcome is about going digital or, going, uh, or using a particular technology. Uh, it, is, it does not solve all your business problems. In fact, it will probably increase your cost, probably in the short run, or if it's not done well, will be a huge disappointment because the way people consume information, the way people buy things, the way people um, uh, consume products and services are very different online. And if you were to try to, let's say, put something that you have offline directly onto um, a digital platform or online, um, it probably wouldn't be as successful as if you were to take a step back and really look at across the customer experience or the journey itself, what are the different uh, touch points, the engagement points that you have to take into account to increase the awareness um, of your product or your service uh, in the digital landscape. So for example, maybe people might not, let's say, um, be aware of your business um, as it is the same if you were to, let's say, walk past a store uh, physically. Mm. But you know, on the digital landscape, it's, it, uh, it's about 
uh, going onto social media. It's about what your friend says. It's about you know digital marketing. It's about what you see uh, in uh, in YouTube or or even TikTok. Uh, and a, a lot of these uh, platforms are extremely crowded. And you know having to get a foot in would be one of the most important things. And then getting the the the, the eyeballs essentially. Um, so it. it when, whenever I speak to you know small businesses who wants to get onto a digital platform, I always tell them uh, the technology is not going to solve all your problems. In mm. fact, it will create bigger problems for you. Yep. Um, problems in in quotes essentially because you will have to think way beyond how you you do your business today. You have to learn new things. You know, have you you have to figure out what your customers are thinking before they even see something on on the ad or on Facebook or if someone were to tell them something. Mm, and yeah. after that, when they, let's say, purchase your, your product or your service, you know, um, what's next? Um, do you do remarketing? You know, is there a good service or customer service for them? Uh, do you get their feedback? Do you, do you um, take those feedback and refine your product, refine your service, refine the way you engage them? Do you use analytics? Do you use data? Mm. So one of the biggest misconceptions, I must say, is that technology is not going to solve all your problems. It will not. Can you share with us a little bit on what you'll be speaking around during Digital Marketing Asia? Sure. Um, I will be on this panel discussion uh, with the rest of the panelists talking about and sharing our thoughts and experiences in managing customer as well as managing the expectations um, in digitalization, especially post, you know, this pandemic crisis in the world. It's It's so extremely unexpected. It really caught everyone off guard and it truly shows how important it is for business agility so that's what I'll be uh, touching on with the rest of the panelists uh, and practitioners in the industry. We will be taking a short break. If you would like to join us at Digital Marketing Asia 2020 as we dive into topics such as transformation, data and analytics and e-commerce, head to conferences.marketing-interactive.com slash digital-marketing-asia. So we've been talking about customer experience for a long time, but now with more things moving towards digital, especially this year, what is the role customer experience plays? How has it evolved? I I love this question. (laughs) I I, I love it because, you know, we we are so fortunate to have seen this this transformation with our own eyes, essentially. Um, Imagine 10 years ago, as a customer or customers, you know, um, they make purchase decisions uh, literally based on news on TV, you know, ads on newspaper or just um, banner ads on the streets uh, or even receive brochures in, in your mailbox. And, and that's how we, we consume information in the past. Um, consumers used to be so much more loyal to brands because, you know, it could be the hassle or the time you have to take to switch or maybe it's about um, how time-consuming it is for you to find something that you need. So businesses used to have a lot more bargaining power. Now, in, in this world that we live in today, um, you know, we've seen over the last 10 years how internet and technology has completely revolutionized the way people consume information. You know, the bargaining power is now in the consumer's hands, in our hands. It's changed the way we, we think. It's, the, it's changed the way we research consume information, make uh, purchase decisions, uh, and how we are now armed with this knowledge of, of information 24-7. You know, we are now in the driving seat. So in 2020, in this, in this year and forward, customers are so much more informed, so much more interconnected. 
Um, and we want personalization. We want everything to be friendly. We want everything to be ex extremely helpful and we want it now. So that, that whole transformation, that whole evolution, if you think about it, only happened within the last 10 years or even five years. And that's how exciting, how amazing it is that, you know, whenever you think about something changing, um, you might think it, it will take about 10 years, but it's probably going to happen in the next five years or so. Yeah. And this, this evolution, what it means to, to businesses today is that you have to be completely con consumer focused. And because your customers are running the show. If you don't meet their needs, someone else would, and, and it's going to be like a click away. So to me, customer experience and, uh, uh, really means a, a big deal to businesses today. So, so let me share this story. Um, I, it, this, is fun, this is a funny one, actually. My relative, I have a relative that runs an FMB business in Malaysia. Uh, and um, when I was still able to travel to Malaysia, um, there was once I was having the, her, I was at her restaurant and she was asking me what I do for a living, which I had to say this in Chinese. Um, so it's not the, the easiest. I tried my best. Um, <laughs> I put it simply in a way that she could understand. So I gave an example. I said, um, oh, I help businesses or, um, you know, with new ideas on uh, researching on their target customers, uh, what their pain points are, what do they like? Uh, I help them develop the proposition, the product, uh, the whole experience from when they step in to uh, or from when they know about the business um, to the marketing plan to when they step in, how the experience is like, the service points, and then launch the business, for example. And this is the funny question she asked me. It was an aha moment to me. It was, it was quite impressive, in my opinion, yeah. which is um, she asked me, will you find out what the customers think after they try your product? And that is an aha moment to me because day in, day out, I speak to you know, people in large organizations and this does not come to mind. You know, asking for some, your customers' feedback and after they try something and wanting to refine that, wanting to improve it, is not something that comes naturally for people in large organizations. Mm. Maybe because of the silos, maybe because of what you do at work. But for someone like, you know, my relative who is what, in her 60s, 70s, running her own F&B, to her, it's natural. It's like, that's the, that's the most important thing she needs to do. She needs to provide good customer service, get feedback, improve on her business. And today, customer experience is beyond customer service. And I, I was telling her this, you know, what does customer experience mean in today's world? It's the entire journey of how your customer interact with you as a brand or as a business. Mm. It's not just about when they step foot into your store, online or offline. It is before and after. Mm. How they start discovering you and then how they think about you, how they create an impression of you, how then they do research about what you sell, or, and then down to when they make the decision, how long it takes, what factors do they take into consideration? Do they ask their friends about it? Do they read reviews about it? Based yeah. on their persona, it differs across. And then using the product and then reviewing it and then going back into this ecosystem. So customer experience is this whole entire journey. And we must never look at it in just um, a, a small portion of it. You know, if you're, let's say, uh, creating a, uh, an e-commerce platform that sells shoes, for example, it is not just about how people come into your uh, website and then what shoes you sell. Uh, it is before and after that. It's how they feel. It's how you make them feel about you as a brand and based on every touch point they've ever come across with you. So, so that, to me, is what customer experience is is and what it means in today's world. And everyone needs to think about it in that way. You have to think end-to-end, -end, regardless which part of your job 
it touches uh, in that whole entire journey. Yeah. Everyone needs to think of it as an entirety and then focus on maybe your uh, in your particular area. Wow, that was a great story, Joan. I guess my next question is, what do you think is stopping us from going that added step? Is it the financial and time restraint where we're all running after the next big thing? Or are we as a society just going after one thing after another? What do you think it is? I love that you asked this, actually. I, I like to think that the reason is more around Again, the mindset, the culture, and the organizational structure. is It's not, I, I like to think that it's not because everyone is just chasing after sales numbers. Yes, of course, we need to make money. And, and some people in the organization has that job. Mm. So you let them do their job. Um, but the, the, the problem I've seen so far is how there are too many silos in organizations. And when, when you are in, when you are fit into a box, you tend to have to obviously fulfill what your KPI is within that box. And you think within that box um, without taking into account um, other things along the journey. And obviously um, there are people who are meant to do sales. It is their job and their responsibility. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in businesses, they tend to think, take a little bit more of a priority and you know, their voice might be a little bit louder. But that does not mean that, um, you know, you cannot challenge back and say, hey, yes, we are here to sell something. Yes, we're here to earn the money. But how are you going to earn your customer's money if all you do is do maybe uh, hard selling um, or you, you are not taking care of your customer's needs? They're not going to come back. Maybe they're going to say, yeah, 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 I'll buy from you once and then that's it because I didn't have a good experience with you. I didn't feel good when you were trying to sell me something or I felt like you were intruding into my privacy, for example. Hmm. So... To me, it's always about this, the, the, how the organization is structured and then down to the individual. You know, if we all have the, the, I would say, an environment or safe place where the culture is created such that it is all about openness, it's all about transparency, it's fine to challenge, it's fine to fail, it's fine to do some experiments and it's important to put our customers in the center of everything and give them a good experience then, you know, sales comes as, as an outcome, not so much of uh, what you are trying to achieve per se. Mm. While I really enjoyed what you shared about your relative and her improving on products based on feedback, I don't know how often I'd like to hear from my bank or my telco right after a purchase or interaction. Do you think it's just harder for industries such as yours to be intimate with the customer without being overly creepy or stepping over the line? I Okay, so I'll take the first part, which is... Um, you know, in, in larger organizations, how do you actually take customers' feedback? There, there, there are many different ways to, to approach it. Um, you know, of, of course, in your entire, let's say, if we focus on the digital journey, in your journey, there are points of interaction where, you know, um, you make it convenient for someone to tell you if they are having a problem or if they have a particular feedback. You know, as simple as just a little feedback from somewhere. Mm. or at the end of the journey or in between. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that uh, is usually overlooked, unfortunately. And that, that's one of the most important, or the easiest win, if you can think of it that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Honestly, it could just be psychological, just the fact that you, are, you have an option for that, for, for your customer to tell you something. Yeah. It makes them feel like you're listening to them to begin with. Yes. Or you're open to doing so. Absolutely. The second part is, 
we have to build it into our DNA and we have to build it into the way we run the business and we, uh, the way we, we set up our projects or, you know, um, build new services where you take in customers, um, feedback. And when I say that, basically, you know, uh, can you do research on it? Can you do ethnographic research on it? Can you do usability testing on the thing that you're doing? Can you go out and speak to people to find out what you think about you know, this, this product that, you're, that you've launched or that you're launching? It must never be um, just you know, building something in a waterfall manner and then launching it out and then hoping that someone's going to catch on and tell you that this is really good or this is not good at all. Mm. It has to be built into the way you operate. That's number one. Number two is um, the, quant- the, the, the quantitative data. Um, you know, do we have analytics uh, to help you understand what your customers are doing? How are they interacting with you online? Um, you know, uh, can you derive any particular behavioral patterns that they're having? Or is there a particular time they prefer to be, to be sent a notification, for example? Um, or are, are they clicking into something to indicate that they like it? Or, you know, maybe they drop off at a certain point because uh, there's an issue they, they discover or they're not, they not interested in something. So data plays a huge role um, in us understanding our customers in, in the bank and in the digital world today. So these are a few, a few points of uh, ways to capture feedback. It, it doesn't mean that as a big organization, you can't go out and, you know, find out what your customers uh, say about you and your brand and your product and your services yeah. it definitely needs to be built in to your DNA the way you run your business the way you build products the way you you um, run your service line the way you um, um, build new products and get customer to give you some input that's, that's how I see it and when it comes to trying to not be um, too creepy <laughs> here's my take <laughs> here's my take this is just my personal opinion Banks have been targeting customers and the segments and tailoring offers for many years. It is nothing new, to be fair. Um, and it has kept the competitive advantage for a while, but obviously it is eroding because, you know, retails and tech companies, they, they come in and they provide, you know, personal, personalized experiences and they scale it very efficiently. So then um, it achieves significant performance. But from a bank's perspective, it is absolutely possible uh, to deliver this kind of meaningful, personalized experience and conversations with our customers, like I said, with existing data points and everyday touch points. Because fi- we're providing financial services and products. That's the, um, the, the baseline of, of trying to give you a better life, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to go way beyond, like you mentioned just now, sales. It has to go beyond you know, your next best office. It has to go beyond just targeted marketing, um, but more around a relevant end-to-end experience for the individual. For example, let's say, how, how can we provide you know, service? How can we provide information and advice at a timely manner so that our customers feel like they're taken care of and that someone's looking out for them, not just to sell you something. I'm not here to sell you something. I'm here to provide information for you and I'm here to give you a piece of advice based on what I I know about you and your behavior uh, and your interactions with me as a bank. Mm. You know, I want to make you feel unique and special, even if it is in fact automated, for example. So a few, I would say a few factors to consider when it comes to balance, this balancing act of ensuring we're not infringing your privacy is number one, the power of control. I have to give you control, especially when it comes to finance. You want to be in control of your money. 
or at least you want to be provided with the impression that you're not getting something generic. Yeah. You know, you're not, you are receiving a piece of advice from the bank based on your previous activities and behaviors or purchases to help predict, let's say, the, uh, your future behavior, your future activities. It makes it, you feel like the bank is looking out for you, mm-hmm. but you have all the control in the world to decide if you want to have it, if you want to buy it. We need to ensure that when we give this piece of information as well, or this piece of advice, I give you time to digest and think about it and make the right decisions and ask someone for, uh, that you trust for second opinions if you would like to. I need to make sure that when I design this experience for you, be it online or offline, I cater for the fact you need time to make decisions. I need to support that along the journey. For example, I advise for you to buy a fund online a mutual fund online. Mm -hmm. Say, oh, buy this mutual fund ABC, it suits you uh, with XYZ reasons. It it cannot be buy it now. Mm. Buy it now, 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 because I tell you it's good. It has to be, here's my piece of advice for you. Have a think about it. I'll come back, you know, uh, maybe I'll come back to you in a day or two. Or if you have any questions, feel click here, chat with me, you know, or simply open your mobile application and, um, you know, I'll, I'll set an appointment for you to speak to with our RM, things like that. The experience needs to support the fact that um, you need time to digest and make decisions. Hmm. So you have that power of control for that ultimate financial decision you need to make. To yeah. me, that, that's, that's one of the, the most important things. And then, of course, it's, it's the choice that you have. So while, while I'm making sure that, you know, you don't have information overload, um, by giving you that personalized advice, and ensuring that you have the power of control, I make sure that you know, you're provided with some relevant choices. You are empowered to make those choices. Essentially, with a million other things, I've helped you filter out the noise. Here are a few different pieces of advice for you that on what you should and shouldn't focus your attention on. And then here's your choice to make that right decision. Mm. To me, these are some of the things. And then most importantly is, like I mentioned earlier, the psychology of our customers. You know, analytics may tell you this customer paid for a bill at A&E at the hospital five minutes ago. If I'm a bank who focuses on sales opportunity, I can, for example, which I I will obviously never advise, I can, for example, say, provide a so-called personalized offer to personal accident uh, insurance because I realized that you paid for a bill at the A&E. How's that going to make you feel? That's going to feel horrible because I'm, you know, probably dealing with a lot um, uh, I have a huge mental load now. I have to deal with so many the bills. I have to deal with maybe someone who's sick or if I'm injured. This is obviously pushing the limit too far. And if banks only focus on sales, then for sure it's going to be creepy. But when it when it comes to the psychology of it, you you got to see it from a customer and a human perspective. Yeah. When we provide personalization, we need to think of what the customer feels at that point, what their mental model is, and how is this. Um, personalization going to make you feel at that moment? Is it really going to help you? Uh, is it really going to add value? Or is it, is, is it too much? Because I know so much about you. Joan, given that you work for Stan Chard, many of our listeners might be inclined to think that, you know, you have a big budget, you work for a prominent bank. So what advice do you have for our listeners who might not have the support of a big team or deep pockets? Funny you said that because... Um, Yes, let's say, you know, you may feel like, oh, I work in Central, I have a deeper pocket. But um, for example, on the sideline, I'm running, you know, small businesses of my own and I'm, I'm trying to sell things online, for example. 
you know, I, I recently opened my own online bakery, for oh, example. Wow. And yes, and this is all because of COVID situation. <laughs> How <laughs> so, can I order from you, from you? Please, Joan, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so I only sell on Instagram. Right. And, and there's a reason for that. Firstly, I, like you said, I work in a large organization and I do not want to feel like I am not in touch with what is going on in the digital world today. I never ever want to become, you know, just a strategist telling you what you should do and then actually never execute on it. So this is partly why I've decided to also, you know, run my own little experiment of my own um, because I love baking anyway, so might as well, you know. Uh, achieve both at the same time yep so and and I, I touch on a very important thing here which is running experiments when when it comes to you know trying to reach out to your customers uh, in today's world and online for small businesses you must never be afraid of failing know that it is part of the experience and the journey and run a very small start small run a small experiment like for example i only sell um my my bakes on instagram and I focus on Instagram. I focus on understanding how the algorithm works. I focus on understanding what, uh, what my customers or my target audience are like. I focus on understanding how they, how they behave on Instagram, what they look at, what are some of the hashtags, what, what do influ- how do, does influencers um, impact the, the, the way you consume information on Instagram, and then figure out how do I position you know, my product and my services online, on Instagram. And then after that, you know, when I've positioned it, I've, I've, I've tried to sell you something. How do I make sure that I use consistent communication and consistent way of interacting with you from the experience to the design, to the visuals, all the way down to the exact words I use to communicate with you so that it is consistent, you know? You feel like, it's all about you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to make you feel good and have a really happy tummy. And yeah. also, it is consistent so that it feels professional. And all this is about experimentation and it's about accepting that you have to pick up the new skills. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, have, I have friends and, and relatives running, you know, small businesses. And um, they come to me and they say, look, I have this new product and I want to sell it. And I would say, oh, you can try this and that, you know, check out these different platforms, these different e-commerce platforms, people get on there, they find new things. And the, the, the most immediate reaction I would get is, oh, I have to learn something new. You know, it takes up so much of my time and I'm already so busy running my business. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's exactly what you need to do. Yeah. And that's exactly what you need to do to survive in today's world. Thanks, Joan. This was really great. I learned so much from you. We can't wait to hear you at Digital Marketing Asia. Thank you once again. Thank you for listening to Marketing Connected and stay tuned for another Digital Marketing Asia 2020 episode next week. If you are interested in signing up for the upcoming Digital Marketing Asia 2020 virtual conference, click the link attached to the episode description or head to www.marketing-interactive.com 